This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Great pleasure to be with you on Labor Day weekend. We're talking about labor-related issues. We just had Senator Phil Graham on why government subsidies are killing worker participation, helping the lower incomes don't work. We get paid, don't work. Meanwhile, the middle incomes are stagnant. So go figure. It's not a good story. Anyway, I want to turn to my pal Michael Falconder, professor of finance at the University of Maryland. He was a former assistant secretary of the Treasury for economic policy. And uh, he's written a good piece here on how dumb it is for the Bidens uh, to compare the student loan forgiveness, which is just election year vote buying anyway. Anyway, trying to compare the forgiveness of student loans with forgiving the PPP loans during the height of the COVID crisis, uh, the Paycheck Protection Programs. Anyway, uh, Mike Faulkner, welcome back. You wrote a good piece here. You know, one thing I just want to say, um, you worked for Stephen Mnuchin, who was Treasury Secretary. I worked with Stephen Mnuchin. He's a very good friend of mine. In fact, it was a great collaboration for three years. I thought it was uh, Mnuchin's best thing, the best part of the COVID rescue plan back in, you know, early 2020 at the height of the pandemic. And it did save a lot of jobs. I think you say 10 million may have saved 10 million jobs. Uh, And it was always meant to be forgiven, provided that the money given to the small businesses were used to maintain payrolls. Now, the student loan idea is completely different. First of all, it started way before COVID. It's continuing now. It may cost up to a trillion dollars. So where do they come off comparing the two? That's what I don't understand. Well, Larry, that's exactly what motivated me to write the piece, is that, you know, we can go back to the beginning of COVID, and, you you know, we were talking about what are we going to do to keep the economy afloat while we have all of these government-mandated shutdowns. And as you said, Secretary Mnuchin's key priority was we knew that the pandemic was going to differentially affect different types of businesses and that small businesses were going to be particularly hard hit and that we needed to support Main Street and make sure that the employees at these small businesses were going to be taken care of. We couldn't just throw even more millions of people onto the unemployment rolls. And so from the very beginning, when we were negotiating with Congress on the CARES Act, the paycheck, what became the Paycheck Protection Program, but something to support employment at small businesses was always a key priority. And we worked very hard with the Senate Small Business Committee, put together a program that said to employers, if you take out this money and you keep your employees on payroll, don't throw them on the unemployment rolls, keep them on payroll, whatever you have them do, we will forgive that loan. As you said, from the beginning, it was the, the employers only take, took out those loans because they knew they were going to be forgiven. The idea that there is any equivalency between keeping people employed during a pandemic versus going to school, 
to improve your own economic situation <laughs> is outrageous. I mean, the result, and, and you know, as you said, I'm, I'm a professor at the University of Maryland. I'm, I'm very proud of the education that goes on among our students so that they are a much more productive contributor to our economy. And as a result of that education, they make more money, and they are therefore in a position to pay back the money that they borrow. And it's structured as such. It's a loan from the beginning because the primary person who benefits from it is the student borrower. There's, it's night and day to say that paying others during a pandemic versus taking out a loan to improve myself, that somehow there's some equivalency between them. And as I think you could tell of my tone in the piece, I was pretty outraged by the Biden administration making any comparison between the two. It was the cheapest of cheap shots. That's all it was. Typical Bidenisms, cheapest of cheap shots, Michael. And look at the PPP worked. I mean, as you write, uh, the unemployment rate never did get above 20 percent. It peaked at less than 15 percent. And um, it really helped pave the way for the subsequent recovery. It worked. Yeah, I mean, know, I, I always used to kid. I used to tell this to Mnuchin. I said, Stephen, this is your finest moment. It's <laughs> your absolute. And I can remember call, I would go on, do media stuff virtually every day, okay, during this, uh, the worst of the COVID. And the second quarter, uh, you know, was down 30-something percent. But it rebounded 30-something percent in the third quarter in no small part because of PPP. And I would call Stephen like 7 in the morning, we would talk, and I'd get the latest numbers. And Monica Crowley, who had a lot of this stuff, you know, in the public affairs uh, uh, department, I would get them. She would start emailing me on a daily basis. So I'd go out there uh, on CNN and Fox and CNBC and and say, here's what we're doing. It's a great thing. Remember, people said we couldn't get the money out. Then they said it wouldn't work. Then they said it was going to be a continuous depression. None of that came true. And the That's PPP right. was part, you know, it was a big part of it. Mnuchin's finest hour. That's yeah. what I always said. You know, I, I, have some, I have some lifelong memories I'll take away from Treasury. One of them <laughs> yes. was uh, the week that President Trump signed the CARES Act, you know, Mnuchin and my team met in the Secretary's conference room, and he walked in the room and he said, I just told the press the most outrageous thing a Treasury Secretary has ever said, and that is that we're going to get a $350 billion program up and running in a week. Yes. And the people in this room are the ones that are going to do it. And <laughs> right. it, was, it was an incredible honor that he asked me to, to be his deputy to, to implement that program. And I worked with him side by side every, every day. I was in his office many times a day getting that program up and I running. I didn't know you were the de- I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Okay. And uh, and another proud moment, uh, I don't know if you remember, June 5th, uh, 2020, you know, first Friday of the month, that jobs report came out. We were expected to have lost 8 million jobs yep. during May of yep. 2020. We instead regained 2.5 million jobs. Um, the yes, I remember that. forecast was off by more than 10 million, and that morning <laughs> – I wrote an email to my Treasury team and and the senior folks over at SBA, and I said, the people on this email chain deserve credit for today's jobs report. It is because we got PPP up and running in a week that that Americans across our nation were able to get back to their employers. And, and as you said, that's what facilitated that V-shaped recovery 
yes. that we realized in the third quarter. Remember, I, I was out there selling it on Pebble Beach constantly all day. That was a great day. You are absolutely right. That was a great day. And I do think that had a lot to do with the V-shaped recovery. I really do. And, of course, the naysayers, you know, guys on the left, hated it because it was working. But the student loan thing, Mike, is, look, that's in, almost in perpetuity. And you're not getting rid of loans. You're going to be back to a 1.6 or 1.7 trillion loans in half a dozen years. And I noticed, interestingly, Penn Wharton model is saying this thing could actually cost us a trillion dollars. And this is a case where the have-nots are paying for the haves, which is very unjust. It really is, because if you look at that Penn Wharton report that they put out, they've got the income distribution on who is going to benefit from it. And approximately 70% of the benefit goes to the top three income quintiles. So normally you would think that we would put in – if we were going to provide additional fiscal support to the economy, which, as you and I have already talked about, this economy does not need more demand stimulus. Right. You know, but, but if you were to do it, the idea that you would target most of the benefit to the top 60% of income recipients just seems a bizarre form of fiscal support. And then couple that with the other piece you just said, which is we got zero student loan reform out of this. So we're just going to be back here a few years from now, if not worse, because what you just told parents and college students is don't bother tapping your 529 plan. Don't take that second job. Instead, take out a student loan because we're going to have the government relieve it. Why is that? And and so we're just going to have people take on even more debt. Colleges and universities are going to see that there's just an increase in support for student loans. Yeah have even less reason to curb their costs and keep tuition costs low. And so, yes, we're going to be right back here because there's no solution to it, and it's just a pre-election giveaway, which is why the the final line of of my op-ed says, you know, if you want to contrast it, DPP was about saving more than 10 million American workers and keeping them employed. The only people that Biden is looking to keep employed with this student loan bailout is his Democrat members of Congress. You know that the student loan forgiveness or cancellation is financing higher tuitions. That's that's what's going to happen here. It's giving them leverage for higher tuitions and higher college costs. It's, it's, It's going to achieve everything that we don't want to achieve. And to compare this to the successful... Uh, paycheck protection program is just insanity. Michael, i got to leave it there. You're terrific. Great piece. Appreciate it very much. Folks, we'll take a quick break. Uh, the side of the break, I want to talk about the midterm elections with ace pollster John McLaughlin. Lots in the media saying the Republicans have lost their mojo. I don't think they have. I'm actually, Rasmussen Reports just uh, put out their latest polling on this the GOP still has a five-point lead in the generic poll. But anyway, ace pollster John McLaughlin up next. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.